breaking bottlenecks to get the aid through in the Philippines. Today, Thursday, November 14th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. The aid operation is ramping up, but there are still too many survivors without food and water. An official with the World Health Organization tells us why it's taking so long. There's no electricity, there's no water, there's no nothing. Roads had to be cleared, the airport had to be cleared. Also today, how the island nation of Palau is bracing for rising sea levels and more frequent typhoons. People are kind of observing and they're wondering what's to blame. And so some people are looking to blame climate change, including the president. Plus, an American dancer struggles at the Bolshoi. It was difficult for her fitting in. She, she did complain about feeling, feeling like an outcast. Now she's leaving the company and she's not going quietly. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic, supporting the American Diabetes Association in their effort to prevent and cure diabetes and to improve the lives of all people affected by diabetes. You can test your risk for diabetes at StopDiabetesNow.com. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Help has arrived, but most of it has yet to reach those who need it most. That's still the news out of the Philippines today. Much of the international aid that's pouring into the country is piling up on cargo ships and airport tarmacs. And the Philippine government continues to scramble to set up a secure distribution system. So for many survivors of Typhoon Haiyan, the wait for food, water and medical supplies just goes on. The BBC's Jonathan Head is in the city of Tacloban. We've seen two large Philippines naval ships come into port. The port is undamaged and quite substantial. And uh, the reason it's not been used up to now is because the road from the port to the city center has been so covered in debris, it was simply un- impassable. Um, but that's now been cleared enough for them to bring in quite substantial amounts of help. Still nothing near what's needed. There are 200,000 people here who've got, got nothing and had nothing for a whole week. Uh, and at the airport, the U.S. Marine Task Force that is going to be operating this massive airlift has pretty much taken over the airport there. It's, you know, the airport was very badly damaged. It's right next to the sea. It was, it was completely swamped by the storm surge. The runway is fine, but the rest of the airport is in total ruins. Uh, and so the, the Marines are having to bring in all their own infrastructure. And that's what they've been doing during the day to set up the logistics and communications they need to make this airlift work. We've seen a lot of aerial activity, a lot of uh, Seahawk helicopters, Ospreys and C-130s coming in. Uh, And they've stressed that this is what they have to do. They've got to get the personnel in before they can start bringing in large pallets of food aid and medical aid and then start taking them out, not just to this city, but to the many areas around Tacloban that are just as hard hit. What isn't happening yet is large amounts of food going into the city. So just as we're seeing an aid operation coming in, there's increasing panic and, and nervousness among the people of this city. And I've spoken to many people today who've just had enough. Uh, they, they've been through the most ghastly ordeal. Many of them have lost large numbers of family members. And then they've been surviving, waiting for help to come. And it hasn't. Were you able to witness any of that aid distributed to people themselves? I mean, is it actually getting to them right now? We know that the local government has now, among the ruins of the city, managed to establish defensible uh, distribution centers, places where the army can guard the food supplies and can organize uh, a distribution. But there aren't very many of those places, and they need a lot more of them, and they need the roads to be clearer. There are far more police on the the roads doing that, getting rid of the debris, but there's mountains of it. They've got nowhere to put it. I don't think there's any doubt that the aid that's coming in is getting out to people, but there's 
you know, we saw 13 tons come off a, a landing craft today. That sounds like a lot. But when you've got 200,000 people to feed and, and to give drinks to, that's not very much at all. So only even if it's sufficiently distributed, what we've seen so far won't get to anything like enough people. I've also been reading really disturbing reports of body removal, or rather the lack of body removal. What is the process right now when transportation isn't working, there's no water, no electricity, there's no morgue, presumably? Can they be buried in Takloban, or is the dirt too shallow? It's a rather crude process. They're having basically mass graves in which bodies are being tipped, in many cases, before they've been identified. They don't have any other way of dealing with them. Um, They have been left out for a very long time. Now you see far more organized body collection teams um, going around with trucks, they do have body bags and they're picking them up. Um, and then they've been put in mass graves. But of course, for a lot of people here, there will be a lingering trauma about not finding people who are missing, not knowing whether they went into a mass grave, they got washed out to sea. That not knowing um, will be very, very strange.